Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and this is the second part of my discussion with my friend Al, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Ron Star. <laughs> like, come on, man. I, I will say, and this is kind of this is kind of a tangent, but I mean, you know how I feel about that too. Like in the same vein, I don't understand the uh, like the badge protectors to where I, I agree with you, man. Like there's blanket awards, things get showered on. Like I remember uh, the one NTC rotation I did when I was in the 82nd. Uh, the artillery battalion, like their battalion commander, decided that everyone deserved an ARCOM because they did NTC. And like every the rest of the brigade was kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> and it, it kind of diminished that award for everyone. But you know, like I, I guess I look back on that as like good for that battalion commander. Like whatever he went up for it, he, he's authorized to give that out. And so I mean, you know, if anybody's listening who's still in the military, like stop blocking your dude's awards. Like just send it up. You know, help, yeah. help a guy out. It, it does motivate the younger guys. You know, his his purpose. But to to your point, yeah, <laughs> like, there's no reason to paste that ribbon rack on your car when you drive up for your first job interview. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, nobody's, you know, I, I talked when I went to Comic-Con, I, I gave uh, my favorite wrestler, Sting, my bronze star, right? Oh, he yeah. had no, no clue what it was. He had no clue. <laughs> and that's fine. He was never in the military. He doesn't, how is he supposed to know? Right? Yeah. His assistant, her father was in the military and received one for, for um, Vietnam. Wow. So she explained it to him. Yeah, you know, so that that was great that somebody was because I, I I couldn't get any words out. I was like in shock just to meet him, you know. Yeah, and so she explained it to him. Um, but I'm going to say 99 percent of the population has no clues, no clue what any of these medals mean. You could show right. them an army army service ribbon, and they're like, "Dang, that's awesome! That's Dang. very colorful." <laughs> you know, yeah. so I mean. So yeah. be again, be proud of your service and your accomplishments. But right. when you go for these jobs, like you, you just have to you have to let it go. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, admittedly, right? It's it's a big thing, you know. Uh, like, definitely, hat, hats off to you guys. Like the transitioning after twenty twenty plus years of service. I mean, it's a big pivot. It's not just because you guys were in the military. I, I think anybody in any job sector would be hard pressed to do a complete career pivot, right? Like I know a lot of guys go in adjacent careers, which is totally cool. I mean, you jump from being in the military to, uh, you know, some other range control, <laughs> something where, uh, you still, you still the troops and stuff. But like, like that's, um, you know, like it's, it's a big, it's a big pivot for something that you've been internalizing and, especially because the military is so hierarchical and everything's about achievements, you know, you're really investing in, uh, in that personality. So, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know if I had to think of an overarching theme because we started talking about leadership and then uh, you know, what, what matters when you transition, what carries over and a lot of it, it does come back to humility, right? Like it's, you know, you can't, you can't really be a good leader if you're not willing to listen and you can't listen if you're not willing to swallow your pride a little bit, which again, as a 22 year old, fresh out of undergrad, I don't know what, I don't know why you have the notion that, you know, your, your opinion might be of such crushing importance, but yeah, just the humility to learn 
and, and you know, for you guys transitioning, starting over. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's great where I work. Um, my coworker, she's awesome, um, anthropologist, very intelligent, and she likes to push. Hey, he has he was retired first sergeant. He has like you know over twenty years military experience. <laughs> so I let her do that, and then I have I you know when it's my turn to teach, I let him know like, hey, I'm just Tony. If you want to call me Antonio, that's fine. Or Mr. Yeah. Rodriguez, if you want to be real, real formal, that's fine. But you can just call me Tony. I'm not in the army. I have no rank. <laughs> you owe me nothing. If you guys want to get up and leave the classroom and you don't want to sit here, that's fine too. <laughs> We're peers. You can say whatever you want in here. This is a no judgment zone. Yeah. Because I just want them to be relaxed so they can get something out of the class. And I don't want to be that jackass who's, hey, you sit down, sit up. Now, don't get me wrong. That kid who um, was sitting down and it's basically his head was the only thing that was bent yeah. was, uh, you know, it was really upsetting me. Uh, <laughs> because he looked like he was about 26. It's like, I know you didn't go that hard at the gym this morning. You can't be that exhausted. <laughs> but I don't know him. Maybe he has some sort of spinal issue. You know, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's fair. He yeah, might you be know, a, a hunchback or something. I don't know. Right. Scoliosis. You know, who knows? Yeah. No, nah, it's. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think it's a testament to because uh, guys, I've always known you to be that way too. It's not just in your, you know, your your current position as Mister Rodriguez, um, but you know, back to before, like. Like when I do start first class Rodriguez, I, I think it, um, it does come back to, you know, I think about the example you set and it really like that, that humility, I think it comes, it probably comes from some different experiences, you know, you might have during the military, the military is pretty good at, at humbling people, right? <laughs> like break people down, build them back up, that whole thing. But I also think a lot of it, you know, go back to your personal story. I know you've talked a little bit about your upbringing, where you're from. And uh, I think that stuff translates. So uh, this is me projecting because, again, you know, I I haven't personally made the transition. But I think what's effective uh, when when you're transitioning careers, like what parts of you are still whole. And um, I think you've always managed to be genuine Antonio Rodriguez, right, throughout your career. And I think that's what resonated with me when I worked with you. I think that resonates, you know, I've, I've definitely, um, I've, I've had the benefit of seeing you work in different capacities too. We got to work together again down the road. And that's what a lot of people said they looked up to you for, you know, you always gave it to them straight. So, yeah, when you talk about those, those leadership qualities, it, it's those, those are hard to quantify. You're not going to see that on a resume. Yeah. Tony tells it to you straight. Yeah, you don't, you don't put that in a bullet, but, um, that's, I, those are the things that people remember about you. Those are the things that carry forward. I think those are things that maybe shine during your interview or just even during the, the first few weeks of work and you, you can rapidly you know, get that mutual respect. So, um, yeah, I just, I just keep coming back to humility, like remembering where you came from, you know, uh, I, I felt like that was always something that was pretty resonant about you is that like, I, you were who you were, man. It grew up in East LA, you know, had a, had a different path coming into the army than most. 
And um, that's something that I learned about you very early on, uh, your story. And I think that that's what stayed consistent. I, th- I think that's why it sounds like transition has been pretty good for you. And, and I think it's it's that. You haven't had to change a whole lot. You just continued being yourself, right? Um, yeah. I'm trying to give people... I'm taking more of an opportunity to see, to try to give people compliments, not, not at work, um, but just out in public. Cause I've seen just people are, are insane. You know, <laughs> I've gone to duck donuts to, cause we'd like to, when we give classes, we buy donuts for the, for the guys. Right. And uh, yeah. I like to buy duck donuts. Cause if you're going to eat a fat pill, you might as well eat the mother load of fat pills. Right. Absolutely. And there's the, the people who work in there are so stressed. It's like, you're just making donuts. It's, it's not that serious, <laughs> right? But I understand why they're stressed because the people that go in there are such jerks. Uh, the customers, yeah. It's like, where are my donuts? It's like, hey, buddy, you're like about 50 pounds overweight. You can wait another two minutes for that donut. Like, <laughs> I get it. You're, you're probably going to have a heart attack, so I understand you got to get it down quick. But, <laughs> Time's like, running out. i got to swallow <laughs> this thing down. <laughs> but come on. Like, they're working as fast as – these aren't just basic donuts, right? These, It's like an art form, what they do in there. Right. And so – but, it, it, like, why is it so hard to say please or thank you? Yeah. You know, decency, and, you know, common decency. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's still times like uh, I want to go look at motorcycles at Harley Davidson. And uh-huh. that was probably the worst mistake I made in my life because they called me two times a day, every day for three <laughs> weeks straight. They thought they had you, man. I had to tell them. It's like I had to call the manager. It's like, don't call me ever again. I'm going to drive down there and punch you in the face. <laughs> Because at that point, it was just harassing me, you know? It's yeah. too much. Um, so, was, you know, not perfect. Yeah. I was I was hoping that that story would end differently so it could come, go back to calling you Hot Rod. No, no, no. Get your, so get I, your real hug. So, <laughs> so uh, I want to get an Indian motorcycle now um, because nice. Harley upset me so much. Hey, Indian's a great brand. And then plus um, – I think it would be hilarious to say, hey, look, there goes a Mexican riding an Indian. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 no, it's a motorcycle. Never mind. That's not. This, this is just for the shtick. Yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm writing this ironically. It's <laughs> That's awesome, man. Dude, I, um, I, was, I was thinking of uh, – this is an analogy my buddy gave me, and I think it speaks to uh, some of the points you made. About, I'm thinking of like old knife hand guy, you know, guys that, that carry their rank into their their careers. And um, it's, this is maybe overly simplistic, but bear with me. Um, so like guys that come in the army, you get you get three types. If you had to split it up, you have empty buckets, full buckets, and then you're in between, right? It's kind of partially full. And the full buckets don't make it. They either get rooted out or they they find their own way out but they're already full of whatever life had handed them, whether that's, you know, themselves, (laughs) just uh, arrogance, or it could be, you know, maybe childhood trauma, just whatever, like a set of issues that they cannot assimilate. And the military is really about forceful assimilation, right? You need to learn to, to 
be part of a team. So those guys get rooted out. And then you got empty buckets, which are kind of like the dudes that I feel like they're the ones that are telling you like, yeah, you know, I still wake up and do the same routine I've done for the last 25 years at whatever rank I left off at because they came in with not a lot to offer it. Maybe not an indictment on them, but they just, they really filled up on army. They just, just, it just filled up their soul and they loved it. God bless those guys. Cause you need those guys as well. And they end up serving like 37 years or whatever. But once they get out, that's it. That's their new identity, right? And then I think, you know, those guys that are in the middle, um, it, that's where you see a little more of the adaptability. And I think, frankly, those are the more interesting guys to serve with as well, right? Like, I mean, how many guys, especially in the midst of, of GWAT, man, uh, I remember meeting guys in the 82nd. Um, like, I, I met specialist team leaders that had master's degrees in engineering uh, one guy was a lawyer. Uh, there was a there was this Korean dude I met whose English was not that great, but he immigrated to America. So he was like a 38 year old saw gutter. And this guy, he immigrated to America. Immediately wanted to serve because you know like OIF had just kicked off. So he joined as a Navy corpsman. Did that for like five years at some Roll Four hospital. Came back, went to the SFQ course, made it all the way. This is like when they put the the Sockham course at the end of the pathway. Yeah. And I'm sorry, no, no, the Sockham course before you start the rest of the pathway. So if you washed out, then they would boot you to the 82nd. That was always what they would threaten you with. So he made it all the way to the CTX, washes out, and they send him to the 82nd. But this guy had like been through selection, you know, like done all this hard stuff already and just washed out of MOS. And now he's this 38-year-old dude carrying a saw in Afghanistan. I'm like, oh man, especially Lee, how did you get here, man? <laughs> you know? uh, it's just wild, you know, seeing all the, the different stories. And I'm sure, I, I doubt he's still in, but I'm sure his transition wasn't as rough, right? He still had a lot to give. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it just it brings those things to mind. No, yeah. So uh, I, I mentioned it uh on a previous episode that there was this, uh, guy in, in the 97th. Um, I thought this guy was awesome. Right. And, and, uh, he just talked a little bit slower. It wasn't, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just English was a second language. Okay. He spoke well, intelligent guy. He just, but people perceived that just, then he was just a naturally, little bit slower talker right yeah there was nothing wrong he was a smart guy so people perceived him uh differently um but when i met him um that's when we went out to stockholm right and that was horrible (laughs) that was just just like 14 days of just being told every day hey you're a moron that's it that's the best you got like come on man (laughs) it's almost a compliment (laughs) um but he was uh trying to make a one of the captains told us this crazy story of how he used to feed uh, the seagulls uh, Alka-Seltzers, right? And then they would pop, right? Whoa, what? When he was a kid, when he was oh, like, oh. 10 years I mean, old. Still. He that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude. And so it was just like an awkward silence. Like, what's wrong with this guy? It's pretty deranged, man. So then the other guy, the E7, is like, yeah, well, you know, when I was in Puerto Rico growing up, like uh, my grandfather, he taught me how to 
you know, train hawks. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would climb the trees and I, you know, I would get the hawks and you know, I would train them. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, you know, we train the hawks and, you know, get like, yeah, you know. And pull it around. It's like, <laughs> that's like the best story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's like, dude, we don't know. Like, can you teach us? <laughs> <laughs> but nobody had ever asked him like anything about his past. It's like, bro, this is like one of the best stories I've ever heard in my life. Borderline superpower. This guy and talks he was to like, hawks. He, he was kind of embarrassed, like, just let it go. It's like, no, I'm going to tell everybody I know about this, man. This is awesome. <laughs> You're like Aquaman with birds. This is crazy. Like, I, I wasn't very good. I mean, you know, I mean, the bird, I trained it and it would come out and it would like attack people because it thought it'd see people and thought it was going to eat. It's like, so what, dude? That's so much cooler of a story than if you just happen to be really good at it, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. that, that's just like, you know, we in the military, how often did we take time to like get to like talk to people or get to know, know them? Not too often, you know? Yeah. Um, I, that, I think that's it, man. Like, like those are the, it's funny because especially when, um, maybe this is kind of a similar deal, right? You think of what translates beyond your military career, but um, like as a rule, like I, I try not to bring a lot from work home. I always had this thing like, uh, whatever I'm doing at work, like pack it all up, hang up the uniform, leave it. Like I, I come home and just, you know, hang it all that up, not, not think about any of it. But when, when I do talk to my wife about experiences and things like, like the moments that stand out are so, I think they would seem so insignificant to anybody that wasn't in, but it's all just stories about like burning up in a port john or like you know, or just dumb moments that happen on the range. And um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're right, man. Like there's not a lot of that time programmed in, but when you get those, that downtime to get to know the guys around you, like that's what makes the army awesome. You know, like just the, you're not going to get diversity like that anywhere else in terms of, I'm not just saying diversity, like racial diversity, but um, just some different walks of life. Uh, like you're all out there doing the same thing under the same set of conditions and rules, but you have everything from like, you know, trust fund babies. Well, maybe not trust fund babies, but <laughs> people from maybe like more upper class echelons to, uh, you know, guys straight out of East LA. <laughs> and no, we, that. we actually did have a trust fund baby. No way. Yeah, <laughs> hey, they, they thank him for his service. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. He uh, came in one day to the company and it's like, are those Louis Vuitton shoes? Oh my God, man. <laughs> they couldn't even hide it. <laughs> oh, well, what a, be proud of yourself, man. Like whoever you are, be yourself, whoever that is. Like yeah. you shouldn't have to hide it or try to, I'm going to listen to some reggaeton so I can blend in. I listen to that crap. <laughs> No offense to anybody out there who likes radio. Yeah, that's, that's it's a fine. perfectly acceptable genre of music. I, I just was forced to listen to it for well over a decade that I never wanted to listen to it again. <laughs> I, I personally, I, I do, I do enjoy some reggaeton from time to time. No, but I, I totally get it. I mean, it's, um, yeah, like that's, I don't know. This sounds like an afternoon special, but like, it's really, if you could just, if you could just be yourself and stay true to your roots, like that's. Another thing 
I learned as a as a very young and impressionable uh, dude getting exposed to the army that was a uh, I, I had a, a more senior guy pull me aside and it was uh, I think I mentioned earlier in the episode like just don't don't forget where you came from like if as first sergeant Rodriguez you can remember what it was like being sergeant first class and staff sergeant and E five and E four Rodriguez. And I remember you always had those stories. You know, you remembered Specialist Rodriguez and what Staff Sergeant Rodriguez was like. And you were always very forthcoming about mistakes you made, you know, things that worked, things that didn't. Uh, and I think it helps keep you grounded. But, you know, the, the guys that just, the rank starts getting to their head. And I, I think that's when you become this shell of a of a, a leader uh, I'm air quoting since I know this is audio it's <laughs> and uh you, you lose touch with your guys because you lost touch of reality at that point, right? That's not Sergeant Major isn't a thing outside of the outside of the army. Well that's what I was saying. It's like uh the last Sergeant Major that came in, right? Yeah. I looked around, you know, I'm not the smartest person on the planet, but I looked around, I looked at well who's the colonel? Okay. Who's the sergeant major? Okay. Who's the S3 sergeant major? Okay. He's looking good. Who's the yeah. company commander? Oh, he's pretty good too. I'm getting out. <laughs> there's no way this is going to stay. Oh, yeah. There's no way. It, it's just, it's, yeah. it's too good. So They would allow it. <laughs> leaving on a high note. I'm getting out of here. That's the way to do it, man. Just like Jerry Rice, dude. Don't, don't keep prolonging it. Oh, just Maybe it. he went a little too long. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, you got you got to hang it up at some point. That, that's, I mean, I, I gotta say, man, it's inspiration. It's good to see. Uh, I feel like because, uh, you know, for you guys listening, I'm, I have the pleasure of seeing Tony on camera right now. You, you look younger, man. I feel like you have more energy. It's, uh, it's good to see you on this side. Well, I, I drastically cut down on my carbs, and okay. uh, because Halloween was coming out, so I was you know, <laughs> had big old buckets of candy, and so I was snacking on the candy. There you go. It made my blood sugar level spike. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so for a week, I just felt like I could not figure out why I was so tired. Yeah. And it was just my blood sugar level was really high. It was like, I, I my father passed away really young. Yeah. Only five years older than I am now. It's like, nah, I just got to get rid of all that crap. I get, (laughs) I think, uh, I was, I was listening to the episode you were talking about, uh, yeah, you're, you're Mexican, so you have every every disease known to me. <laughs> oh man, no, you thanks, can't, can't fight. Thanks a kids. lot, Spain. Thanks, Spain. <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're you're a cultural expert. That, that goes deep. <laughs> it's funny. So we're going on about fifty five minutes. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So that that's fine. But um, did you have any shout outs that you wanted to give? Oh man, uh, well, I'll, my my family will remain anonymous, but I'll, I'll shout out to to them, uh, especially because I've been busy just eating my kids' candy for the last twenty four hours. So <laughs> I feel like I should give them something back. Um, but yeah, and, and to all of you fine service members that are still in and working on getting out, you should listen to this podcast and, and do better. <laughs> so for me, um, my shout out is uh, I want to shout out Francis. We both know Francis. Oh, yeah. Won't give her last name, but Frankie, I hope you're doing well wherever you are on the planet, and we can't wait for you to get back. 
yeah. know you're uh, killing it wherever you are. And good luck, buddy. <laughs> um, but, but I have a couple of announcements um, before we sign off. One, uh, my granddaughter has decided that um, Taco is the, <laughs> as long as he'll accept, he's the official um, puppy of this podcast. It's an outstanding mascot. Um, if you saw his last Instagram, that nailed it when he uh, was wearing his gold chain and he had his mimosa. <laughs> I saw that, man. It's, his social media following is unprecedented. So Way as long as he'll accept, he's the official uh, puppy of this um, podcast. <laughs> and So I know I like to joke a lot, um, but this is actually serious. So I'm going to announce it right here, right now, that uh, the next general election, not this one, I will be running for the state assembly for district 45 here in North Carolina. Okay. Um, I was looking around looking. Oh, no. So I only talked to uh, Drew about it. Okay. And uh, I was looking around. It's like, I could do that. I was like, yeah, I think I have some experience in foreign policy. (laughs) Um, I have the education. Yeah. I have the knowledge. Mm, Yeah. I'm going to do it. I think I think you should drop the the seventy percent leader bit. I think you're selling yourself a little short there. Don't don't tell them that. <laughs> uh, again, my seventy percent might still be better than their hundred percent. So it, you know, I mean, it, I can attest to it. <laughs> so it, it'll be all right. Now, just so everyone knows, I'm definitely not doing this for the money because a state assemblyman in North Carolina makes thirteen thousand nine hundred dollars for the year. Yeah. Wow. Don't quit. So if your that was my only source of income, I would have to go on welfare. <laughs> Thank God for pension. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'll be doing um, two years from now. Awesome, man. And so we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Best uh, of luck. If you have nothing else, Al, then um, did you want to give your? Uh, I don't know what are the black knights. Do you want oh to come on! I don't, know, man. I don't know what their I don't know what their yeah, dab you out like that. Is. <laughs> no, 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 they'll be fine without me. <laughs> right. Well, again, everybody out there, I wish you uh, hope you win, like my granddaughter says, because we don't wish luck. When you wish somebody luck, that means you know they didn't prepare. Um, so we hope you win. Um, mental health, physical health is very important. Make sure you take care of it. You are important. You are special, and you do matter. Uh, so until next time, we'll talk to you later. Zot, zot, zot. And roll Tide. Roll Tide.